1: Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling in association with LACA. I'm Graham Wilgos, and Brad, stage 14 of the Tour de France today. We're in the pub to chew it over. Yeah, today was um, another big day, like yesterday, really. Like It was probably the day that
2: did the Tour de France justice. Um, you know, it was on from the start. Many different races going on within that race today. In particular, Sagan and these kind of... Um, you know, kind of really putting his teammates through the paces really. Almost like I always consider him like sitting at the back of a chariot whipping his horses, you know. <laughs> um and I just on that first climb, you know, they clearly wanted to drop Sam Bennett with the the points for the intermediate sprint ten K after that or six kilometres after that. And uh Shackman you know, clearly had sore legs from yesterday from his efforts. Um Having to, you know, ride for
1: probably the best cyclist on his day in the world. Um, well, Sagan and Bora went for, it, went for it from the beginning, didn't they? And they they, they, did. were, they were looking to, to get as many points back for the, the fight yeah. for the green jersey as they possibly could. And he
2: probably accomplished that today. But I would say at the expense of a lot of pennies spent by his own team. And I don't know how much more he can keep driving them to that degree. Mm. Um, but it certainly worked today and it was mission accomplished. But I would say that Sam probably had the easiest day of them all because they, they rode the second half of the race um, pretty much easy, you know?
1: Well, when he realized he couldn't get back on mm. um, and that you sort of saw his team, his to-carnit-quick-step yeah. teammates sort of giving him a pat and saying, all right, mate, you did your best to try and close that yeah. gap, which was at that point just over two minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah, they rolled, rolled in save themselves for, for the next battle. Yeah, but
2: it shows you how much Sagan is fearful of Sam in terms of his sprint in a straight line. Yeah. Um, so, but as we've said a lot in the post-show the last few days, Sagan is going to get, I said the other day, he's, gonna, he, he's not going to go down, lighting down for this now. And he's going to come back fighting since his relegation. And um, he's certainly done that. I mean, today he was, he was over everything, mm. you know, including on that final climb. And he was still calling for team assistance, you know. But he, he's, he's starting to really ignite this race now, Peter. Um, and, you know, Sam, Sam even said in his interview afterwards that he's, he felt dead yesterday and felt a lot better today, but... Next week's going to just be a, one hell of a race for that jersey and I think it's going to be uh, right down to the wire in Paris, potentially. Mm. You
1: called how the early race would go, didn't you? Seeing Sagan's um, ask Bora to do so much work to take him up the road and yeah. distance himself uh, from Sam Bennett. And you, you said that there was almost certainly a, a deal. They'd done a deal. Well, they went, they started riding with two guys, Bora.
2: The rest of them, including Shackman, were in the back group of Bennett. And um, I thought there's no way they're going to do 120k on the front, just two of them. They would have had to have some prior knowledge that two guys are going to come up from another team and and assist them. Because otherwise, most teams, including Yumbo, would have just left them on the front all day. And it would have had to be a team that had no interest in the green jersey, no interest in GC, potentially be able to form some allegiance or alliance with Bora. And that team was CCC. And when they started riding, they were, Sagan was sat about 15 riders back with Van Avermael and Trenton. So I thought, oh, here we go. And CCC are ending at the end of this year. Quite a few people are looking for contracts. Not suggesting for one minute that that was the cause of them riding. But quite often teams will do deals with each other. Look, look, help us out today. Give us two riders. It helps you anyway because Greg Van Avermael wants to go for the stage. And later on in the race, um, if we if we get the chance, we'll repay that back to you. I'm not again. I'm not suggesting that that's what happened, but just the simple fact that Bora could have just been left on the front all day as two riders, because no one else needed to push home that as as hard as they did. So they they were clearly some talking going on back behind them, and someone would have needed. There was some knowledge that someone's going to come up and help. It, it wasn't going to be the sprinter teams because it didn't suit them that day. Caleb Ewan was out the back again, even further. Jumbo didn't need to ride because there's no point. So once they committed, they, they, they needed something. And eventually, um, CCC, So can I, I can only think that there, there was some deal, some deal done there.
1: Rob Hatch had a great stat on commentary. He said 79% of the turns were done by Bora riders today. So, like you say, Sagan really was on his chariot whipping his horses. Yeah,
2: he commands that because, you know, the, the team is pretty much built around him, isn't it? And and, and that just shows you, like, for all his kind of jovial kind of adolescence off the bike and the fun he
1: gives us and the quotes and things, when they're in that race, he is... It's on. Ruthless. Yeah. Well, they they, they did a brilliant job for him. Um, they, they delivered him uh, close enough to the finish, but he, there was nothing he could do about the brakes going off the front in, no. the, in the final 4 or 5K. Here's how it finished on Eurosport, called for us by Rob Hatch. And it's 450 metres now for Søren Kral to ride home and take the glory. Such a talent, the Danish star, Søren and Kral Andersen. It's his third tour to France, and he's about to take
3: his first stage win. And joining Mark Hershey as a winner for Team Sunweb is Soren Krau Andersen.
1: Sunweb takes stage 14, and that is a big, big day for the German team. So, Brad, the Dane of the day, Soren Krau Andersen, Sunweb. We said yesterday that EF were quietly having a good tour, but Sunweb. Um, have almost trumped them today, given what they've done there. Yeah. Um, and, and with Mark Hershey as well, who's lit up the race.
2: Yeah. I mean, what he did today, Soren, was how every club cyclist, when they're racing back in at the end of a club run, attacking each other, messing around for signs, that's how that plays out, that, that you know, in terms of attack, 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 hit some timing, hesitation behind. It, it was almost, it was just poetic. Yeah. And before you knew it, he was out of sight and we knew you had it. I mean, to win a stage like that in the Tour de France, he won with ease at the end and the gap. And, you know, the hesitation is what gave him the chance to create that gap. But it was just about race timing that when he did that. So, he, you know, he didn't necessarily ride away on power where they were riding behind at full whack and he rode away from But he put himself in a position when the race was on, 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 all the way up that last climb, but now attacking Alaphilippe, his own teammate, Hershey, and then bang, straight over the top, in classic style that your teammate gets brought back, you go. And he wasn't frightened to attack the likes of Sagan, etc. It was a class, class act, that. And yes. he deserved everything he got in the finish today. And what a way to win a stage in the tournament. And he thoroughly deserved it. And you can see what it meant to the team when they come across the line. That team have been... I wouldn't say they've been a revelation because they've been a big team for a few years with their Tom Dumoulin. But they have changed the the way we look at the Tour de France in terms of young kids getting exactly what they deserve. Young kids feeling that they can attack the likes of Sagan in in the final of the Tour de France and
1: within their rights to do so. And it was fantastic to see. And Hershey, I mean, you could say has has buoyed them really. He's given them that that belief in that he's been off the front attacking. He's finally got his stage win. I mean, today... They, they really attacked it as a team that final 10k we saw Tish Banut go off the front um, then we saw uh, then we saw Hershey go off the front and it was it was Crow Anderson's attack that was the one that finally stuck but they were the only team with people supporting each other up there everyone else by that stage was on their own and as soon as he crossed the line and was celebrating there
2: was three or four guys straight over to him and you could see what it meant to the team they almost have a telepathic way of riding that they're not out for themselves. They're out for each other. And on their day, it could be any one of them. And you could even see Hershey's joy and Tispenut's joy when they celebrated with him afterwards. And, and they, they are a team to be admired and looked up to, really, because lots of teams in the final, there's an element of, you know, oh, I wish that was me. But them, it's just... On another day, it could be someone else. Yeah. And they, they are a team with no riders, with egos. They, they ride for each other. And somehow, you know, that team management have recreated a new dynamic after the departure of Tom Dumoulin, which
1: could have spelled the end for that team. Well, they've gone from being a GC team into having to attack the Tour and, and, and it's totally And let's not forget, that way.
2: team has had to go through restructuring twice because mm. Kittle left mm. and then Tom Dumoulin left. And they have, um, they're a bit like, in football terms, what Chelsea have done with the young players, just off the top of my head. And, it, you know, it's, if you have Tom de Milan in that team still, you sometimes build a team around Tom and miss out on guys like Hershey and Soren because they get to ride in a way like that, which is
1: beautiful to see. Ala Philippe attacks with just over five kilometres to go, ever the entertainer, presumably not happy that someone else was, was animating the race. He was up there on his own because, of course, his team were back in the, in the second group yeah. working for Sam Bennett. Um, was that a, a selfish act from Alaphilippe today? You know, he's had plenty of cracks at it and to be up there yeah. on his own as opposed to working for, for Bennett like the rest of his team were.
2: No, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a selfish act. I mean, that's clearly, they've got two leaders in that team. They've got Alaphilippe based on his performances last year he's built he's earned the right to race for stages I mean he's been saying that all along he's racing for stage wins mm. but they clearly have an understanding that Sam Bennett these are the support riders for Sam and Ala Philippe is going to do his own thing and that's the way they've took on the race whether that's right or wrong who knows they've got a stage win they've got a stage win with Sam but at some point maybe that green jersey competition is going to become the priority who knows but
1: it's not selfish. It's just um, there's two lines of attack on that team. Brad, hot topic. Uh, Roman Bardet, fourth on GC up until yesterday afternoon. He was a non-starter today because of what we thought yesterday was concussion when he went down hard. Today, this morning, he's gone for an MRI scan that showed he has a small hemorrhage. Um, subsequently, there's been an awful lot of discussion about concussion and its repercussions. Orla Shenoui caught up with ES Jonathan Vortas to talk about exactly that. Here she is now.
3: Jonathan, I want to ask you about concussion, if that's OK. It's been such a hot topic today after Romain Bardet battled through it yesterday, essentially, and wasn't able to start today. You guys have had a concussion protocol in place for a long time now. Do you think that, that we take the issue as seriously as we should, that teams do enough and race organisers do enough?
0: Well... It's a very, very tricky issue. I mean, yes, on our team, the doctors actually have precedence and power over the sports directors and over the riders to make the call on the spot that if a rider should stop, he should stop. And even I can't say no to that. Um, so we do have that set up. We do have a protocol that being said, it's very difficult to exit on a precise protocol like that in the environment that cycling is because we're not an arena. We don't have timeouts. A full concussion protocol is going to take three to five minutes. If you're sitting on the ground for three to five minutes and you've already lost two or three minutes because of the crash itself, you're lucky if you even make it back to the Peloton. So, The issue is, can we come up with a protocol on a broader sport-wide basis that allows uh, the doctors to really examine a rider, but to not prejudice the rider against being able to re-enter the race. And that's a very tricky thing because, I mean, in theory, you know, you can do a five minute concussion protocol on the ground and throw the guy in the back of the car and drive him back up to the Peloton and say, okay, off you go. And in a lot of ways, I think that's actually the best idea. But certainly there is a tradition of cycling that would say, you know, if the guy fell on the ground, that's just part of the race and that he shouldn't just be allowed to rejoin the peloton in the back of a sedan. So this is a very tricky thing that our sport actually encounters a lot more difficulties in executing on a good concussion protocol than any other sport.
3: So I guess I understand how people might be uncomfortable with a rider joining the race in a car. Could it be an option that a rider is given enough time and the doctor is given enough time to be able to assess any head injuries and then the rider is allowed to be paced and motor paced back up to the race again? Would that be a better compromise?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I would also agree with that. Um, But there are moments in a race You know, such as yesterday when Bardet fell, I don't think there was any level of motor pacing that was really going to get him back into the race. Because when you're dealing with very narrow roads, very mountainous roads, up, down, twisty descent, um, steep climbs, motor pacing is limited in its benefit. I mean, of course, on a straight and flat road, yes, motor pacing will get you back up to the peloton, and that's completely fair. But there are certainly circumstances in a race where that is not going to do that. Um, And especially, like I said, with the amount of time that it takes to do a really correct concussion protocol, I mean, it really takes the rider very far out of the race.
1: Brad, stage 15 tomorrow, Lyon to Grand Colombier, another beast of a mountain to finish, 17.4 kilometers of climbing, several 12% sections within that. Are we expecting to see something from Bernal before the rest day tomorrow? I think based on his little attack today they're going to they're going to try
2: something tomorrow. I think the climb suit burn out more. They're going to go on the offensive and um, don't forget this team no they've ridden like Jumbo've ridden for many years now and they have been wary of any attack or ploy or a tactic from other teams that they have to be wary of. They now get the chance to deploy those their greatest fears if you like. They know better than anyone what will ruffle Yumbo because they're the, they're, they're the most experienced at riding in that style. And they will try everything they need to. Like we saw with Carapace yesterday.
1: Yeah, I just expect all guns blazing tomorrow from Ineos. All guns blazing, looking forward to it. Brad, thanks as ever for your thoughts. That brings us to the end of this episode Thank of you. the Bradley Wien Show by Eurosport. Thank you to our sponsor, Laka. Thank you also to our producer, Pete Burton. Finally from me, Graham Walgos. it's goodbye. Please subscribe, share your thoughts, and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next
2: getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more.